Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined once again by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your week? Uh, pretty great. It's been, it's, I, I know it's spring technically, but you know, it's kind of summer and I love, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I, everything about summer makes me happier. It really does. The, uh, the winter is always a hard time for me to get through. I, I, I think even as I get older, I, I'm more aware of a, a seasonal affective type thing happening where it's just mm-hmm. kind of down. Mm-hmm. And then it's, I'm recording right now at about eight fifteen ish and, um, it is still bright outside. Got plenty, at least an hour left of sun, and I absolutely love it. It just feels good. It makes me feel better, and it may be eighty-five degrees, but man, it's nice. <laughs> yeah. It's it's been like that here. I mowed my lawn on Sunday. We're we're recording on Wednesday for the benefit of the listener. Um, I mowed my lawn on Sunday, even though it was already starting to get a little warm. Uh, because I looked at the forecast and I'm like, oh, it's in the mid 80s, even up here until like this weekend. Um, and I'm like, you know, the, the the lawn was just getting a little long, but I'm like, if I leave it another week, it's going to be a jungle. Oh, I and so I, I let mine go. I think last week I let it go to like Saturday or something. And, and I, I was like, mm-hmm. way too jungle. It was a, let it go a whole week. So I did it again today and it was still like I couldn't wait another day. It goes so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you put, and so are I you did still that. Push mowering, like eco-friendly oh yeah, my, push mowering. My yard's not that big, and um, uh, the mower is electric, so it's not that heavy. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I do that. It's it takes me about an hour to do front and back. It's not too bad if I don't leave it too long. If it's really thick, and I you know start off with the mower too low, then yeah, it takes forever because it keeps getting bogged down in the in the grass but we also have that fun thing where there's always rain or brief thunderstorms like right on the right on the horizon so it's just super humid like i'm down in the basement and it's you know 64 but i'm still like just a little clammy from the humidity of course it's a basement that doesn't help but just the air outside is so humid it Um, is it really isn't that Indiana humidity hitting, and like you said, it's been yeah. it rains, and then you really do you. Got, I mean, I can't mow my yard after it rains the next day because no it'll have mud. I've got a riding mower, so it'll definitely tear up the yard. But uh, oh yeah, sure. You only let it go a couple days, and then it will rain again, um, which is just fine. You're right, it, it is what it is. But um, so it it was hot, but it 85, and I, this is not our what our show topic usually is, but I. I did a thing mm-hmm. called cross cut. I've been doing a thing this year called cross cutting my lawn. And it's, it's basically a way to double mow your lawn, but not leave like tons of trimmings on top of the, the grass. And it's fantastic. Okay. It's been absolutely incredible. It makes my lawn lawn healthier, more beautiful. It's great. So, um, <laughs> so are you, you doing two passes every time then? Yeah. It's kind of like you have to go. It's, it's kind of the way I'm doing it is a little bit more complex where I go, um, like if it's a square, I go left to right, but I'm doing it in a diagonal way, left to yeah. right. And then I go top to bottom and then left to right. And then top to bottom. And I skip every other one. So it looks like there's kind of patches for a while, like a squared patch. And then you come back the other side way and do it. And it just, Oh, I see you're, you're doing, you're doing that, but leaving, leaving gaps, leaving gaps. Correct. So I go, I see, I'll go I left see. to right. 
and then top to bottom, and then I'll go top to bottom again, but leave a, a space gap, and then come back mm-hmm. left to right and leave a space gap, and then you come back and do it again, and you're basically going over the same space, you know, ex, extra times, um, right? But it doesn't, it doesn't have like what I used to do. You just go back and forth, back and forth. It leaves trimmings on top of trimmings on top of trimmings all the way across sure. the yard, which it leaves for this brown stuff. So anyway, it's it's great if you are a even as a medium sized lawn and. You know, always wonder about how you can stop it being brown stuff on top of it. Do some crosscut, and it works really well. Yeah, my my mower has all three modes, and I have I mostly use the mulching mode, but yeah. I have both I have both bagged and used the old school like shoot shoot it out the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I do mine on a diagonal, and I have a a back deck that has an has an angle out you know to the yard and so what i will do if i remember to do it right i actually screwed it up this time but um what i like to do is go parallel with the edge of the deck like start at the deck and go down the yard yeah away from the house and then the next time i mow i'll put the back wheels up against the deck and go perpendicular so that the diagonal changes every time which sounds sim- uh, maybe not similar if you're you're doing you're covering main things, but if you're mulching and you know yeah if you if you're mulching and the grass is too long yeah you're gonna get clippings like by the wheels right yeah um, right of a push mower and when when I have that situation I I try to overlap the passes more where I'm covering like like only a third only two thirds of the deck is is uncut grass and i'm covering i'm covering the previous line uh more to to hit those hit those clippings a second time so they Mm. get chopped up a little smaller this is very interesting (laughs) i I have a the only thing i'd like to say about that is i I bought a you mentioned bagging i bought a uh, when i bought my mower last year i paid extra 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 to get the double bagger attachment type thing to it so i could you know sometimes bag right clippings But that's just silly. I mean, because unless you have a small yard, I'm, I was constantly changing the bag. And then I had like right. massive amounts of clip, yard clippings that I didn't even know what to do with. It was my um, my brother, David, who we've had on the show once, I guess um, he when he was a teenager, uh, started a lawn business um, with he and, and my brother, Andrew. Mm-hmm. And so he bought one of those zero radius turn yeah i don't know is is that the kind you have i i think it is i'd have to look it up but i know i can just turn like almost on a dime it's got like it's got two big wheels under the seat and you drive it with two handles like um oh yeah no i don't have one of those i never talk about like a like a scoop yeah yeah so you have one handle controls one wheel and the other controls the other and if you push one forward and pull the other back the mower will spin in a circle yeah right no, um, i wish i had that but no it's it makes it very easy to maneuver around all kinds of things it makes it a little tricky to go in a straight line which is kind of funny oh is that it's true opposite it's funny opposite problem that most mowers have but um he left it here and so my dad uses it on his lawn my parents have a have a farm and so the yard is like it's at least an entire acre. Like it's a big yard with a bunch of trees and fences and buildings. Um, and 
dad has a big um um like it's not a bag it's a full trailer like a like a lawnmower trailer yeah that's oh, got yeah, right, that's yeah. got a it's got a big vacuum on it so like this big hose comes down to the chute of the of the blade deck and it vacuums the clippings up into this trailer whoa and and my my other brother andrew was like i don't know why dad uses that thing it defeats the whole purpose of having a zero turn because obviously you can't spin a mower around if it's got a trailer on <laughs> right the right that's hilarious. and when when they were gone for a couple of weeks and i was the only person here i'm i mowed the lawn with that thing and i was like i'm not using that trailer Stupid like trailer. i want to get on this thing and spin around and do some <laughs> right do some tricks <laughs> play around i mean it is funny but getting on that that mower is pretty fun to do i mean i i always liked mowing anyway i mean i kind of did but it's even more fun riding this thing around and you can do cool stuff i i like doing the i mean i described the whole diagonal stripe thing like when i was a kid and i i think dad probably still mows this way we, we would just do circles right like Sure. Start at the edge and just go around and around in tighter circles until, yep, you, and right then is. you've got this like this like outline yep. of everything in your yard in a weird way. And I'm like, I like to look over it and see the stripes. It's yeah, like a, sure. it's like a ballpark. Yeah. No, I agree. The the, uh, the the reason I started that really made me do this whole like cutting it a different way and cross cutting it and thing. It wasn't necessarily because I wanted all yard clippings fixed, which I did. But it was that I looked at it on Google Maps and I was like, oh, that looks awful. It's just circles around my house. It's awful. Yeah. 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 So I like if you're if you're going to spend all that time and go to all that work like you I mean, don't you want something that, you know, makes you feel good to look at? Yeah. I mean, like, I had you that, want it, you uh, want yeah. it to spark joy. <laughs> it's true. I had, I had that feeling today. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that we talk about this is that. Uh, not only did I mow today, I did things like I pulled weeds. I took the hedge trimmers mm -hmm. to my bushes. My bushes, since I bought this house, have they're shaped. So they have like a circle, yeah, a yeah. square. One's got like a diamond thing on top of it. So I have to, you know, make them look that nice. I help shape them. Uh, but they're always a pain in my butt. I mean, they just really are. They're Because mm -hmm. it's just so much. And there's so much trimmings and clippings. And, you know, bushes don't hedges are hollow inside basically. And it's just, it's just a right. nightmare. And I've got four large ones in front of my house. And today I got mm -hmm. hold of a contractor and they're sending me a quote to rip those things out. I'm so happy. Oh, wow. Nice. I know. I'm, I'm excited. Um, hopefully if they're not like $8 billion to do, uh, but then I, <laughs> I said I weeded and I power washed like my fence mm -hmm. thing and it looks so nice. And I, when you're done with stuff like that, you just feel good, you know? It looks nice. Yeah. Like you can, you can look across at what you've done. I, so, since I'm sort of talking about the house because that's where I yeah. mow, mm -hmm. um, we've been working more over there. Uh, Dad got the um, laundry machines installed, the washer and the dryer. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, we're down to – we still have to put in the floor, the flooring on the first floor, but um, we're down to a lot of, like, painting and finishing stuff. We installed the wow. kitchen countertops, which are wood. I'm working on um, – finishing the backsplash for those which is more wood it had to be cut and now it's going to have to be just lightly stained and and uh oiled before it can be installed um i repainted my front door which was very uh very rewarding i bought and used um rust-oleum enamel oh, yeah which is uh is oil-based paint it's 
it stinks. It's very smelly. <laughs> That's right. Um, and everything else, of course, we've been using latex paint, right? Because it's water. Yeah. Water, water wash up. And I bought this front door paint. I'm like, this is exterior paint. Like, it's got to be good stuff. Um, and I had also uh, scrubbed down the outside of the door before, like, well before I did this. And it just, like, black, almost slime came off this the front my front door because oh, I'm, I'm right on US-20 and trucks go by constantly. Yeah. And I'm like, is this just the effect of all that exhaust day after day that's gross that is really gross but anyway i I repainted that and in in two coats and i'll i'll post a link to i posted it on instagram so i'll put a link in the on the website um so people can see that it it looks it looks really nice Nice. um pretty soon you're you're gonna put a sign in front of that yard yeah hopefully hopefully pretty soon we do have to deal with a uh, a roof leak which is awesome this late in the right, this yeah. late in the project but going back to where we started this conversation talking about weather uh we need a a span of you know enough consecutive uh dry days to get up on the roof and it's that that part of the roof is tar so we just need to man i never you know, re- i never code everything was ever remotely jealous of those people who are roof layers like they have to do it mm. in the heart the hottest driest days yeah of the year yeah. that's when they have to do things and it's the worst kind of work it's just i've i've done it a couple times i helped uh my grandpa with his roof i've helped my dad with a couple roofs on the house here because their house their house now is very similar to um mike's house in uh in stranger things Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Because it's it's built in the seventies. It's two stories in the middle, and right. one story on either side with like wings. There's a master bedroom oh, yeah. on one side yeah. and a garage on the other, two car garage. Anyway, the house has three roofs, right? Because of that, and oh, uh, and they're and they're not very steep because it's a low, it's, it's a low house. Like the second floor only has seven foot ceilings. Oh, um, that's terrible. But I've helped him with a couple of those and. Yeah, yeah, it's not great, and I'm also scared, afraid of heights. So, <laughs> <laughs> even worse. Know. Yeah, it's not. It's not. But Dad is too. So, Man, like when he, when he had to get the roof redone on the barn, which is much taller and like a 45 degree pitch, uh, he he hired Amish guys to do that. He's like, yeah, no. <laughs> and I was I was reading. Speaking of low ceilings, I was why I was on like Oculus quest review site or something like that i think it was i was going down a rabbit hole of some kind of vr products or whatever and, and then i started mm-hmm. reading some reviews of oculus quest and and, and most of them were all really, really great glowing things but one of them was uh, oculus for our listeners is the uh the vr headset that dennis and i both right have. and um right. by facebook uh, and w- which we are paid by um but the uh, <laughs> uh the guy was like he had a video of himself. Oh, I know it was, it was a, it was just a YouTube channel or something is what it was. And he was talking mm-hmm. about, and he was, he was giving reviews on, you know, all different sorts of accessories. And, and he, he was also reviewing the different kinds of headsets and things. And, and, uh, I watched him and he was like, it's really great, but I found myself having, you know, wrapping my knuckles on things and you really have to have a whole lot of space. And his videos was in a room that had like seven foot ceilings. So every time he'd put his hands up, he'd touch the ceiling, right? And he was hitting himself on the the light fixtures. And I'm like, 
Well, of course you can't. <laughs> I mean, why would you buy a VR thing when you can't? And he's like, I wanted to do it outside, and you can't do it outside. And I'm like, well, you can do it outside, but hmm. yeah. yeah, I um, yeah, I think I talked about this when we talked about the Oculus right after I got the Quest. Right. Um, my bedroom is in a basement. I just said that earlier, <laughs> and I think the main. The main ceiling of the basement is probably seven feet. Oh, man, that's um, going to be rough. But there's a big, like, like I can, I mean, I'm standing on a on a mat, but I can put my palm flat on the ceiling with my feet flat on the floor, and I'm oh, six man. feet tall. Right. Uh, that's That's the high part of the ceiling. There's also a big box part of the ceiling that has ductwork running through it that's probably, like, six and a half feet oh goodness and so i i have definitely hit the ceiling playing beat saber oh i i Uh, I bet yeah right only once or twice and uh i think they did push a new update because there's a feature i don't know if you knew about this or have have tried it there's uh a pass-through feature where you can double tap the i'm gesturing you can't see me yes uh you can double tap the headset and it will Mm -hmm switch the pass through on where it basically uses the cameras to show you the room. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is a weird, is a weird thing. It's like it being in a movie where they suddenly go to night vision goggles or something. It's like night vision. You're you're like, this is my room, but it's all in black and white. And like anywhere there's a lamp, it's really blown out. Um, really bright. But I, I use that sometimes because I'm going to play beat saber. Um, I'll drift around in the room like I've hit my desk. Isn't that crazy? A couple times. Really? I mean, and yeah. I I'm that. like, I usually I'll, I'll like take the headset off or put on pass through, and I'm like, oh, I'm way further back than I than I thought I would. A lot yeah. of times you can, you know, if you've got the boundary, you can reach uh, the controllers out and and figure out. For me, yeah. I can figure out where I am when I see the grid for the boundary show sure. up. I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm, but, and I have I'm this, that really nice cover face cover type thing over my thing now in it. And it really seals up the, where the nose is. So you can't actually see the floor. Oh. So it's total. Oh man. I, I, I rely on that a lot. Like when we played, <laughs> I um, I do too. When we played star Trek, I had to log into Ubisoft and I'm like, I've got the, you know, one password password manager on my phone. So I'm like, I've got my phone and I'm holding it just so, so that I can see it out the nose hole of the of the headset. <laughs> yep, yep. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be like taking the headset on and off, you know, to to see that. Which would right. Be the the annoying. Uh, the it, there's a couple of things that I like. There are small little stupid features that I I appreciate for like the, the Oculus. Uh, namely, mm-hmm. when you take the headset off, you just take it off your head. It immediately goes into a sleep mode. Like right. that's just like a simple little genius thing that people do. And then all you it knows when you just put it on your face to turn it right back on. Yeah. And, which is yeah. pretty great. And the, the, the double tap thing I actually had to uh, turn off because it would occasionally lose the, um, lose the dashboard. So when I would like, huh. I double tap it to go back into the dashboard and then there was no dashboard to, you could see the environment, hmm. but there was nothing to, to do. You couldn't reset it. You couldn't do anything. And I had, I would have to restart the, the whole quest. Oh, weird. I haven't, yeah. uh, I haven't experienced that. I did yeah. buy a new cable because the cable that comes with it uh, doesn't work for for Link for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
and the and the one USB-C cable I have that I know I have other ones. I guess I'm using most of them because my my Mac Mini only has two USB-As. I the rest are all USB-Cs. Right? Yeah, the the one cable I have that I could use is like two feet long. Yeah, you don't I mean, need them to be long. You don't want them long usually. Right. Normally, you don't want them long, and so like we're playing Star Trek, and I'm like, I need to really not move too much, or I'm gonna pull and end up knocking my laptop on the floor. Um, yeah, right. And so I got a new cable, but I haven't, uh, I haven't had a chance to try it yet because we didn't play. Yeah, I, got, Star Trek. I actually and got. I, and it's funny. I when you got that cable, I think I got. I had ordered an angle, angle joints or adapters, where they're called, mm-hmm. so that I can angle it right. I I got them on my. I'm looking across the room now. I got them on my on <laughs> my uh, quest, but I've not actually played with it yet. So right, right. Um, I got that, and I got a couple of um, adapters that go the other way like i i bought a couple of USB-C to USB-A adapters or oh, yeah. i guess i should say it the other way because of my Mac mini because it has four USB-C ports but only two uh A's the big ones yeah and so i have those adapters but these are the other way you plug USB-C into them and then plug them in because my laptop only has one um which I guess it's fine, but my my desktop PC doesn't have any. It's from like 2014, and so uh, so I got a couple of these yeah. adapters so I could plug it into that just to charge and stuff. But I bought the uh, the Quest version of Star Trek Bridge Crew, and so I haven't. That was on sale, right? Recently, I think. Uh, maybe it was. I think I paid full price for it because I was like, <laughs> it probably went on sale I was like, like two days after you. you right, right. I'm like, I'm like, well, I know Mike's is is going to end up spending thirty bucks just on his cable. I can buy this game. This is a good game. <laughs> it um, is a good game, and it's totally worth it. It, it you know, I, I, uh, I can't I, tell, yeah. but I, I have a suspicion that the graphics are better with the with the Steam version over Link. Oh, yeah. I, you you I can't can change quite a tell. lot of the, the, the graphics on the Steam version, and and I, I did it. I went in there. I didn't realize it like last time we played. I think, and I went. I found I went options. I'm going to see what's in your videos. And there's several like bloom effects and things like that. I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of that wasn't turned yeah, on. I mean, default. I mean, I just assume that my you know year old uh, Razer gaming laptop has better video has a more powerful video card processing than a standalone vr headset i would guess too yeah sure yeah yeah there, there's there's a there's a lot of really good games they had like a what year year first year anniversary sale mm-hmm, for, for mm-hmm. the quest that came out and had a really lot of good games that were out there and, and I, I i do have a lot it's starting to almost be like a uh a, a steam, problem steam problem where i've got too, <laughs> too many games that i can't i can't play um and, and you I know do. i i keep looking at the store and Nothing yet has jumped out at me to like. Oh my god, I need to buy that. Um, I mean, I'm still, I'm still enjoying Beat Saber. I'll get on mm-hmm. almost every day and do between three and five or six songs. Yeah. Um, some of those are good workouts. I, I'm sweating yeah. and he, you know heavy breathing when I'm done. Some of those. I mean, if it's, it's the same uh, thing as people who do like Zumba and whatever, right there. Yeah, there. it's just a little bit of a little bit of activity. Um, and you know, I, I mean, I did buy star trek bridge crew but what did i have you played echo or echo 
Arena? What's it called? So, huh? It's free, and it's a thing I saw people talking about on Reddit. Um, it's it's very strange. It's like a zero G, um, kind game, and I think it might be some kind of sports like disc throwing thing. When you, I only went through the tutorial, but the tutorial was like you you you're in a pod, like so yeah. many games start, like old Halo games and stuff. And the, the little robot shows up and has you move, but the way you move is, um, you have a couple of, of jets, like one will, will, um, propel you in the direction you're looking. And then you have, then you have jets on your hands that will, you know, push you in the in the way that you point your hands. Oh, right, yeah. Right, right, yeah. And then you can also grab onto any of the walls or objects in the environment. So it's a little bit... I could see how it could give people motion sickness. Sure, yeah. But it's, it's a little more natural than, you know, moving around with the, with the joystick and having your whole environment shift around you. But it is... It is a little bit, it was a little bit unsettling at first when I tried moving around. I'm like, oh, I'm moving, but I'm not moving. It's that whole, <laughs> That's right. that whole thing. I have, I have, um, maybe I can look real quick. Um, hold on, let me see this. I, I have a good amount of, like I said, I have a good amount of games, but they're kind of spread out. The, the, I would agree with that there's not a whole lot of like, I feel... Like I have to buy this game on the quest on the quest store, like the, the mm. quest store games. There, there's a couple. I think I just bought. I think one's called Wands or something like that. That's a, a mage kind of you know game, uh, mm-hmm. and that that one's okay. And I I do a whole lot of the free stuff too, like the free videos and the Google Earths and the um, mm-hmm. stuff like that on there. So I, I do get a lot of those because there's a lot of really cool things to watch. Uh, big screen, obviously, uh, Google Earth VR, but. Um, you're you're right. There's not a whole lot of games games that that are like jumping out. I need need to get. Uh, but that being said, when I go on to the Rift Store or Steam VR, there's a whole bunch of games I want. Like I see oh, them. Oh, like, I see. It, it's a total different kind of yes. The, like, like I said, they're they're real games. I'm looking at it now. I've got my Oculus Rift Store up, and I can I own Moss, Super Hot, um, Star Trek VR. I just bought Seven Wonders VR. Uh, Asgard's Wrath, which is my favorite VR game, Box VR, right. big screen. Uh, did I say Minecraft? So uh, there's mm. there's a lot of really good good games, and that's just on on there. Over on uh, Steam, I know I've got games like Moss, which is one of the critically acclaimed bit, uh, good games. And Sydney mm. started playing this weekend and lost her mind. She loved it so much. So um, it's nice. Those are pretty good. No Man's Sky, things like that. I did try super hot but i could not really figure it out oh yeah the whole but, like time moving thing yeah, you move it time moves confuse me and i i think i just didn't really have time when i was trying it out sure and yeah, there's a lot of demos that's true i've i've so much i have so much going on i mean i i really hesitated to buy the headset mm-hmm. uh you know because we're in this in this home stretch of the of the house, I'm like, I don't really have time to, yeah, sure. Um, 
you know, to really get in and, and play for more than uh, brief periods of time. But uh, one, thing, one of the things that helped, I think, a little bit was um, I did right, right before I bought my Quest, like I was ordering it. Look, I was dedicated to buying it, just waiting by. They had a humble bundle for VR games for Steam. And mm. I bought like a, you know, for 20 bucks, I bought a whole bunch of really great things in, in one package. Sure. Um, so I, I, I did that one. Uh, which if people don't know what Humble Bundle is, you should do a web search and go check it out. It's pretty great. <laughs> they got good stuff yeah. in that thing. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. So I, I bought Cities just recently on that one. But, uh, oh, yeah. Cities, uh, Cities Skylines. Cities Skylines, yeah. Which I haven't really loaded it yet. But uh, speaking of games, and I know this isn't on our list here, but uh, I did want to mention it. We can maybe talk about it later. But um, yesterday, Minecraft Dungeons launched and i bought that i heard about that yeah okay have you have have you thought about i'm not sure if you were interested in in even that game or not i I know you like minecraft and you like diablo yeah um i mean it seemed interesting i don't i didn't think of it as one that i would rush out and buy unless maybe other people were gonna buy it and play it um didn't hold a a ton of interest for me as as something that I would play by myself. Yeah, there's um, there it's I, I Sid's played it a lot the last today and yesterday. Like I <laughs> she's played it a whole lot and I've walked in and seen some things where she's past the beginner levels where I played. I only played a couple levels with her. So mm-hmm. I don't have a whole lot to say. I, I can say that it's a um it's it's not Diablo, right? I mean it's obviously yeah, the aesthetic I'm... is Minecraft, but it's also things right. like there's only two attacks. There's melee and there's ranged. And okay, and like and that's, Minecraft. Yeah, and and that's really it. And and you have you have and it's all gear based. There's levels, but it, it's like when you level up, you get an enchant. Like a, sure, you can spend it's spend to unlock a an ability of a weapon. Um, yeah, and you get that's. It, I mean, that's yeah. that's sort of what I would expect. Like I spent most of my Minecraft time crafting and mining. Yeah, and there's but, none of that in this one at all. Um all of the stuff about about gear and enchants and combat, I would have it, it makes sense to me that that this game would sort of follow the the combat system of Minecraft and not be, you know, it would be kind of weird to be playing a full-on Diablo style skill skill tree yeah there's set up your build kind of game there's no just with minecraft graphics like that would be weird yeah yeah there's definitely no classes but i mean it's if you like minecraft like obviously sydney loves minecraft and i i think yeah i mean i think this will do really well because of that's what you and i know a lot of people um a lot of people enjoyed that kind of thing like they would do rpgs you know in yeah in real mind in in original minecraft and do like big arenas and people would duel and do all, none of that was ever interesting to me but i know that a lot of people uh did it did it yeah it, so. a, a large amount of people was the i mean back when i was even when i was playing minecraft a, a huge majority i'd even guess to say at least minimum of 40 percent of people played on these servers that were not necessarily building servers they were already pre-built kind of you know, mm-hmm. PVP things or they were exploring or they were adventure things. And 
you know, they were just different servers that weren't your basic kind of a thing. Uh, so this is kind of like that too. And, and the real big thing is that the price point's 20 bucks. Like hmm. that's, that's nothing. I, when she said she came and she said, dad, it's out today. I was like, oh man, okay. I gotta, gotta buy this $60 thing. And I know it was $20, <laughs> like $30 if you buy that and all of the next two expansions that are coming out, the season pass or whatever. It's like, that's, that's pretty great for a, you know, a, even if it's just okay and she likes it, it's very much worth 20 bucks. Right. So, um, but I'm I, glad I, that I'm glad that Minecraft has always been relatively inexpensive because yeah. I've bought it at least three times. <laughs> that's true, and that's probably why you bought it at least three times is because you can, you know. If I mean, probably I, pop, you know, I got into the original beta years mm-hmm. ago on on Java on PC yep. and, and and Mac, uh, and really that kept me, you know, that was sufficient until like 2018 or something when um my brother started a realms server and we were doing the cross play between the the play together stuff so i had to i had to buy the i had to buy the windows version the the windows store microsoft store whatever that's called now yeah sure uh and then at some point i bought the ios version thinking i would play on my ipad and i probably did that once and was like yeah i don't like this (laughs) yeah it's it's not for me yeah, the, like the, I need uh, the mouse. It, it's it it's like I said. I my review mini review of it so far is it's very fun. It's not complicated. Cindy did like Diablo a lot, and the mm-hmm. you know so that that was a huge hook for her. But she also you know just kind of hung with the the complexity of the items and stuff. She understood mm-hmm. that she's totally capable of of you know all that mental power. But it's it's not necessarily the funnest thing when you're trying to decide between one more damage versus you know one percent to hit crit versus you know like that stuff is not that interesting a lot that's um that's my love-hate relationship with rpgs where i'm like this is cool like i want different stuff i want different items but i'm like so many decisions like can you just tell me which one is better and i'll use it right and and that's what diablo in the end diablo kind of is I mean, when, when you're leveling up, you just don't care because all this gear is just going to go away real soon. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then as you, as you play in what's quote unquote end game of like seasons, all you're doing is trying to get sets. That's the only, so you, nothing, all that extra little kind of garbage has been pushed away for other things. Right. To see. So, which is, I think. Yeah. Made, well, the, the game's really been out so long that, yeah, to keep it. To keep it interesting, they're doing this season thing. Otherwise, I don't. I don't think people would really. I mean, some people would still be playing it, but it would be much less. Yeah, yeah, um, and 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 because of the the whole like focus on what you you need to get and what you can do, and not have to focus on those micro things, it's made Diablo more fun, at least for me. I think, and I, and a lot of people to be able to. Yeah, you know, ha- have a goal and know what you're doing. Like you said, tell me what I'm supposed to get and and do that and it's it's pretty good so anyway um before we launch into this next our 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 movie i wanted to make a comment about way back when i we were talking about cutting things a big thing happened to me today and i'm I'm pretty excited i got a haircut and it it was amazing and it was like 
my my whole body is different now. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's silly and stupid. And, I, and I, as I was doing it and talking to the the hairstylist, you know, it's it's, it's even dumb saying how three months of three or four months of of hair is not a big deal and a lot of people have hair that are way longer than mine or even even the short people you know ladies who have short haircuts are much mm-hmm. longer than i had but man right it's just everything i felt on my ears on my head on everything and it so having her cut it off was really nice it was it was nice where i went to just a chain place called uh great clips and they're they're oh, yeah, really good they're doing that. some really good stuff with the, you know all the pandemic happening and they have to deal with people every day but they're you you make online appointments or you come in and sign up and they have a you can't really come in they have chairs outside at the socially distanced space you know six mm. feet you go up there's a lady okay. with a mask at the door she's very pleasant and she takes your name and puts you down and says you know, how long it's going to be before you can come back. And then you don't stay if you haven't already signed up at a time. Um, okay. And then once, once it's kind of, you're on deck, then you're allowed to go inside where they have a chair and you can mm. sit there. And then all of the people have masks and you have to have a mask to go there. Okay. So that was, it was, I thought it was really well done and it did take a lot longer because when I was on deck inside, I'm using air quotes, um, <laughs> you, they, you know, they, they cleaned everything. I saw one person leave and they wiped down the entire chair, the entire, they, you know, cleaned the whole floor. Yeah, of course. Vacuumed the whole floor. Everything was super done for every single person. I was like, wow, that's, and they, of course, wear gloves and stuff. So there, hmm. that was just an example to me is how these businesses are opening back up and some of them can be, it's harder and it's not as easy, but they're doing a good job and being very responsible you know, mm-hmm. to, to stuff. Um, I asked the hairstylist, it's been a problem. She said that there are several people who are kind of, and I'll say it, buttholes by mm-hmm. uh, coming in and being angry that they have to wear masks. And sure. she's like, we don't offer masks, but across the street is Lowe's and they sell them for a dollar. All right. You know? So they it's like, are, yeah, we've gone to uh, the DIY store a couple times. Um, in the last two weeks or a week and a half, I don't know. Um, and they, from early on in the lockdown, they were restricted uh, only 16 and over, like no okay. kids in the store. Yeah. And as of like two-ish weeks ago, something like that, they are now requiring all their customers to wear masks. And they are selling them right inside for 99 cents. But yep. last time we were there, I saw a guy like, you know, ball out the greeter and storm off, you know, about how much money they were losing, you know, with this. From his business and, yeah. From his business. And the guy, you know, I I looked at the greeter when we went in and he's like, we, we got to do this as long as the corporate office is making us do it. Like, yeah. you know, just, just real friendly. And I, you know, kind of smart, you know, sort of laughed with him and, and, you know, as much as he could tell with me having my mouth covered up, but um, <laughs> right, right. I'm like, yeah, their, their headquarters are in Minnesota, I believe in Minneapolis. And it's not like, you know, people, you know, blame politicians or whatever. And you're like, this is a corporation. Like they're one, you know, it's within their, you know, purview, their, their 
rights or responsibility or whatever to set whatever policy they want. And the yeah, no shirt, the, no shoes, no service. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, the guy making 10 bucks an hour greeting at the door has no control over that. Like, Absolutely. what's 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 yelling at him going to help? Well, uh, and, and I but, don't believe this yeah. is a political thing at all. For some, it might be. People but, people make it political, which is so dumb. Uh, there was someone who I read a post on said the most nicest way to, to say it. He said, the way to think about this is that wearing a mask out to like when you order food or you get a haircut or go into a, a DIY store, wearing a mask is just the simplest act of kindness that you can do to other people who may have sensitivities or be in vulnerable positions. It's it's not yeah. for you or hurting you. It's being kind to others. Even if you yeah. may think that you absolutely don't have anything, it's just kind right. for those someone who may need to go to the store to eat and live and they're like 78 years old and have some lung issues. Right? And it's and it's such a small thing. Like, it's yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. Thing. Yeah, you have to breathe in your own breath. But like, yeah. come on. It's not... It's not any more inconvenient than, like, having to wear a seatbelt. Exactly. Right? Well, and I'm, I would assume a lot of the people complaining also don't wear seatbelts. Right, um, right. But, and, and I, this may be a little political here, I'm okay with people having their rights to do those kind of things. They don't, that you don't have to wear a mask, that you don't have to wear a seatbelt, that you don't have, that's, I'm, I will support that 100%. You are right. That is, I think that is your freedom and your way to do things, but you should also respect other people's freedom to own a store or whatever and ask you to do that. Right. That's sure. That's, that's a respectful thing as well. And that guy who is at your DIY store is right. Yes. They will, they will lose his $15 that he was going to go in there and spend. But I think that yeah. people like me would respect the place more because they're like, doing a, a good job. Yeah. Yeah. The, the profit margins are so small in that. It's like, yeah, yeah. We anyway. Uh, some of these things in during during the uh, the this whole pandemic thing has made me appreciate a lot of good. Like think of the good things that come out of it. Appreciate some of these good businesses that are are legitimately doing the best that they can and working hard for their yeah. customers and carrying things yeah. like like this great clips or uh, there's a place called Buffalo's here in town who has done more than they could should have had to have done during this thing, and it makes mm. me think going forward that. I want to patronize those businesses because of the the good things they've done for, you know, the community and themselves, despite their sure. own, you know, stuff. So good on good on them, and I, I feel good. My hair my hair is wonderful. It feels great. <laughs> I took some before and after. I was going to say that when you were saying that, like I've definitely had those times where like I let it go too long, and then go get a haircut, and like the back of my neck is all cool again, and yeah, uh, it's yeah, my ears, it's a, it's right? A, like the side of my head that makes sh- me feel right. Better. Sure, yeah, it, it really nice, does, so. and and I I feel like I can move move around. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's let's talk about our 2020 challenge. What do you say? Let's do it. All right, this week we are talking about the 2011 uh, French uh, comedy biography. It says it says comedy drama which is probably true. It's a little bit of both biography. I I would agree. Uh, Comedy drama. Uh, The Intouchables. I'm probably, again, not pronouncing that right. It is a French film. I don't know if I said that yet. Um... But but it from, is not it is not the Untouchables, which is a no, serious thing. That which is no, a different as, movie. As we said last week, 
Yeah. Uh, no Emilio Estevez or whoever is in. No, they're definitely intouchables with an eye. Uh, yes. So this this is a uh, I, right drama drama comedy. It was it was hard to think of it as a comedy because I, you know, when you're it's, it's subtitled and it's harder to see the timing comedic timing with that kind of stuff. You it's know? a it's a biographical drama with funny moments. Right. Uh, I, I this isn't. I don't know if it's skipping to my my final thoughts, but I like this movie. I mean, I, I liked it because mm-hmm. it's. Obviously, people who know me know that I like spoilers, happy endings, right? Uh, and and I like good feelings, right? Mm-hmm. E- even when there's struggles and hard times, which they, this movie has, and difficult yep. things, I like a positive, hopeful kind of thing that leaves you feeling like that there's goodness out there, right? And this this totally is that kind of a movie, right? Yeah, I mean, we talked about this a little bit when we watched uh, Amelie. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I mean, most of, I don't, I don't think at any point I was ever really like anti French or, or French. I mean, I would make jokes about how they surrendered in world war two, knowing <laughs> nothing about history, having never right. even heard of Vichy until right. a couple weeks ago when we watched, uh, a Casablanca. Mm. Um, but over the last, like, six or seven years i've developed a little bit of a you know and as much as you know your average american who doesn't speak french can really develop an appreciation for french uh culture or at least french films um and this is different like not um you know i talked a couple i think i talked about this on the show uh the musical umbrellas of cherbourg just from the 60s and very like bizarre like it's both bizarre in french ways Mm -hmm. and also bizarre in in the way that things made in the 60s are um this didn't have any of that like it didn't have the quirkiness like any of the quirkiness of amelie um and so you just get a different a, a slightly different perspective on this. And there's, I don't, I really can't think of much in this story that I would call distinctly French. Like the, no, you know, a, a major theme is the class difference, right? The, the just different worlds that these two uh, main characters live in. Yeah. Um, but which translates hit, to anywhere in the world. Right. Which are, which, yeah, which is not unique to like, if anything, I would say you have to set you have to tell that. I mean, it's based on a true story, so it, I'm sure it's set in Paris because these actual people lived in Paris or yeah. lived. There's they were still living as of 2011 when yeah. this movie was made. Um, I'm gonna hit the bell so that we can talk spoilers. Three. I guess I kind of spoiled it early by saying it does have a have a, a happy ending, but. Uh, the, the, this movie is, and as we will maybe talk about a little bit about the the, the remake of this, is is really mm. made successful because of the actors, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the two the two leads here are just really good. They're, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's even even the smaller parts that you don't really see as much, like the the housekeeper, yeah, and yeah. the the. 
whatever she is, his executive secretary or something. Right. Yeah. Um, that's probably not the right word. Uh, executive assistant. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, the, the redhead, she writes his notes for him. Right. Right. Um, are all, you know, are all cast very well. Um, but Yeah. yeah, these, these main two, uh, Omar Sy and Francois Clouset. Yeah. Once again, apologies to anyone who speaks French, my okay. my pronunciation. But uh, yeah, they were I mean, really good. Really, really good. Yeah. Uh, all of the, um, I mean, the 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 main um, uh, quadriplegic character that's uh, Clouset. He's uh, Philippe is his character. Philippe, yeah. Um, now he wait, wait, was, was, so is much... he, was the actor, is the actor also paralyzed in real life or did he I, just, I don't think so. I looked okay. at, well, he acted really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's it sounds like, oh, that should be simple to just not move your body, but you have to do a lot with not turning your head and then co- conveying emotions or thoughts. Right. Yeah. I, I see pictures of him here running and walking so okay all right um yeah well that's what i that's what i started to say like he has to do everything all with his head and his face right like like he can't move he can't gesture and so like first of all just to do that just to like keep the rest of your body still and limp all the time when you're on screen had to be a challenge but then to convey like all of the emotions like there, there's so much emotion in this story. Um, yeah, I know we're in the we're in the spoiler section here, so people should have already seen it. But this is the story of a wealthy uh, quadriplegic who is looking. He he needs a. Uh, I don't a even caregiver. know what to. He needs a caregiver, like you know, a little bit of, a little bit of personal assistant, a little bit of uh, like a nurse of the hospice. Kind of, th- although I mean, he's not dying, but yeah. Um, and like bathe him and and move him around, and, give him his needs, feed him, and then and then this poor, um, I almost said African American. Um, right. yeah. He's uh, from his the character is from Senegal, um, yeah. but he's black, and mm-hmm. is you know he lives in in the projects, right. In housing projects. Yeah, um, right. so incredibly poor, right. Like it's fa- like, it has trouble family, like troubles. the characters in, in shameless. Right. Um, yeah. And he, and he has his family issues, you know, a lot right. that are deep in there. And, and so, and so and he, and... he has those issues and the, and the quadru- quadriplegic character is, um, we find out more why, but at, at the beginning of the movie, he just goes through, these these people like he hires someone and then they quit you know they can't handle his whatever you know so you're like well he must be kind of difficult yeah um you know to to deal with and you find out later that he is a little bit of a thrill seeker which is probably how he became paralyzed in the first place well it is it Um, it is how yeah right and yeah and so um, he hires, uh, this guy, um, what's his name? Driss. Driss. Who, yeah. who is only there because just like, 
uh, in the U.S. to collect unemployment or whatever they he calls it his benefit but like welfare um Mm -hmm. he has to show proof of applying for jobs yeah and so he's here applying for this job that he doesn't want that he knows he's not going to get uh just so that he can get a signature on his form and of course say that he tried to say that he tried and the guy kind of likes him and so gives him a probation uh period and ends up hiring him um and they get along very well, uh, despite, you know, the the concern and misgivings of everyone around him. Yeah. Um, yeah the the uh, and, and it's better for him. They become great friends. And mm-hmm. there's a part where they, you know, have to like, separate type thing. And then they come back together, uh, which is right. good. Um, but, yeah, the, the 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 little facial features and, and the best scene with this is the. Uh, at the end, when Driss leaves him on the date type thing, mm-hmm. uh, at the very end, and he, you know, he's he's angry. He he does this thing where he's angry and frustrated yeah. that he's he's set him there and he's left him there, but he but he's not he's not like over the top angry. That's one of the things about this this show, this movie, and this the actor is that he he gets frustrated and angry. But I think it would be easy for an actor to try to overplay it. Right. To make it a caricature or or scream or yell or, you know, overdo his things. But this this actor clearly has frustration and anger on his face, but it's kind of a restrained, subdued kind of look. And then Mm -hmm. it turns into kind of joy and, you know, caring and thankfulness and friendship all in a matter of a few minutes, you know. And when he sees the girl that he's, you know, he's sitting with and he has this smile, it just, just not even be able to move his whole body and barely his head. The actor gave me just such great feelings of mm-hmm. joy and goodness. And I'm like, that's, that's really, really well done. That guy is really. And then on the other side, Driss plays well. Like Driss yeah. just is just a great actor who does. A whole lot of he does a lot more body movements with his stuff, so he kind of compensates of by the way he's. Of course, you, I mean you get you get a little bit of like Prince and a Popper kind of thing where he, yeah. th- you know, they show him in the project house that his adopted mother lives in with a bunch of her kids, and you don't really know it's just a tiny apartment, just packed full of people, and like yeah. he's trying to take a bath, but there are two like uh, elementary age elementary school age kids like brushing their teeth and messing around like in the bathroom while he's in there trying to take a bath and you get the sense that it's just this really crowded place and then he he has a a room at the mansion that uh philippe owns and it has it's en suite it has an attached bathroom which is gigantic bathroom the tub in the middle of the room whole scene when he he brings the super luxurious (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's that that funny uh, sort of interplay in scenes between between the two of them. But he has this Driss has this kind of um, like like his life clearly has been rough and a mess, but he has a kind of um like almost simplistic kind of joy and freedom in the way that he view you know looks at the looks at life and looks at things 
looks right. at the world. And um, that's the thing that, that uh, Philippe saw in him and liked most about him when he hired him even. Well, and they show this montage of people applying for the job and they're like, you know, what, you know, what, what do you, what, why do you want to work here? Kind of thing, you know, the thing interviewers ask at, at jobs and you're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm really passionate about being able to pay my rent. Uh, <laughs> right. And, you know, so there's that guy, there's the guy with the other answers, like the man, you know, just to see, you know, I've, I've su- such compassion from, my, you mm-hmm. know, and it's a lot of, you know, BS right. and, they, you know, they show that in the, in the, you know, the last act when uh, he sends Driss home and he gets a new guy and the guy is very like, you know, just clinical. Like, you know, Driss would, would let him smoke, you know, would give him drags off his joint or whatever. And with the new guy, he's like, uh, do you have any smokes? And he's like, oh, no, I quit, actually. Plus, they're bad for you. Right. And <laughs> right. it's like it's like this guy who lived his life on the edge, like still wants to be able to experience as much of life as he can. Right. And and um Driss helps him do that. Well and and um, the thing too is that, that he is uh this these are people that he's around he has to be intimate around all the time. The guy bathes yeah. him and right. and sees sees, you know, when when you're a quadriplegic you you know, try to look like as normal as you can and do things, you know, normal like everyone else as much as you can. When you have this caregiver and nurse and things, they see the most vulnerable of you always. And you kind of yeah. want to have a friend. You know, you don't need right. necessarily a friend, but you want a person that you can just talk to and will treat you like a normal person, even in those things. And Driss does that unabashedly all the time. Yeah, I mean, there's this great scene where one of uh, Philippe's old friends wants to meet up with him and says, you know, he's like, I'm I'm concerned about this. Like, a, this is not a good idea. The, like, basically saying these poor people from the slums, they have no pity. Oh, you mean Philippe's friend? Yeah. Yeah. And he says, he says, that's exactly what I want. I want somebody who's not going to look at me with pity. Who's going yeah. to, I mean, when he does the surprise party and Driss puts on Earth, Wind and Fire and starts dancing, right? Like, it's sort of like he's mocking him, but that's what friends do, right? Like, if you, exactly. you know, at, at least among guys, you know, whatever, stereotypes. But, um, right. you know, we and our friends, Trotsky and, and those guys, like, you see somebody, you know, see one of our friends across the room and we're like, flip each other the bird. Right? Yeah, right incredibly rude gesture but we know each other well enough that that is like a, <laughs> a weird term of endearment uh, yeah right sure yeah a sort of thing and th- and that's what he wants like he wants somebody who can be his friend not his nurse not his mother right i mean even when it's it's really great because driss again this is the actor and the writing i'm sure uh is mm-hmm. ju- and directing is that way at all times. Like when he is giving him a bath, he is like playing with the hair gel, right? Right. Um, and, and then he'll mock him about the foot gel later on or something. And it's that's that's what's really endearing about Driss, I think, is that he's always kind of joking. And I like that you brought up the, the birthday scene because that is a great scene because he's he completely is making fun of this 
really <laughs> classical kind of music that like right. for a long time it's so great and then he makes i like how philippe makes the uh oh the, the when he over. he does the, this montage and i'm like oh this poor orchestra that is just <laughs> like playing these right. these classic these iconic classical songs and he's like oh i know this one it's uh it's from tom and jerry right <laughs> right tom and jerry right yeah Philippe just laughs he's like uh tom and jerry so it's so good yeah and, and those orchestra people are like they're hired by this rich guy to just play for one guy who's just sitting yeah there. i'm like this is their this they're like his own personal spotify there's exactly. like 30 people you know classically trained uh, musicians uh yeah. playing these songs um which is it's which is so also good. great yeah, so, so th- there's 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 very little to so, not like about this show. I don't, I don't have any bad thing to say. I I no, I, th- I mean I like we that talked. It didn't, it didn't go too heavy. It went heavy, like with his mm. is it nephew or brother or something like that. Is that they're, um, you know, they talk about gang life and everything, but they didn't get mm-hmm. they didn't get too overdone, right? Like there wasn't murder right. in the family, or there wasn't drugs being smuggled in, or you know, stuff right. like that, but. It was yeah. It was I mean, tasteful. we talked about we talked about the genre tags at the at the start of this. Um, it's not it's not comedy in the sense right. of like you know you watch a Jim Carrey movie or something, but yeah. it has these moments like him dancing or them you know having this orchestra play these. Um, and orchestra is probably the wrong word for this, but um, having Ensemble. them play these having this ensemble play these these songs and them sort of doing quips about it like that's funny that's like right. something that would really happen and him dancing is kind of funny the the scene where they go paragliding was like just so um <laughs> right With just Driss freaking l- out yeah it's like it's it's funny but also kind of moving um I, I like and, that whole scene. Like, at Driss, every five seconds is like, "You're crazy, man. You're crazy. I'm not doing that. Nope, nope." Tra- you know, and then he's right. suiting up. He's like, "Get me out of this thing." I mean, it felt so natural, not like a movie made thing, right? Like Driss right. was a well, real and, dude. And so yeah. often, so often, movies based on real stories, like based on a true story kind of thing, are often just not necessarily depressing but just small right like right and and not always i mean you have movies like um sully with uh with tom hanks a couple years ago that was really good or um hidden figures about nasa um you know you can have that when something when you're telling a sort of moving or inspiring uh true story but very often it's just like Oh yeah, okay, cool. That was that was kind of kind of lame. Um, yeah, but so much of this was real without being boring, right? I While agree. St- and I'm, yeah. and and a lot of that comes down to the writing, like how the true events are adapted and retold in a way that is entertaining in a movie format. Yeah, um, right. And then directed, then then acted. That all of that kind of had to come together, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you do have you do have maybe a little bit of the um, the thing I have mentioned when we talk about anime, or is true in a lot of like um, 
uh, fantasy. Like if you watched the movie Bob very long video about um, original Star Wars or A New Hope, as people call it. Yeah. Um, he talks about how Star Wars is a war movie. People don't right. really think of it that way, but it's a story of a kid on a farm who wants to, you know, volunteer for the Air Force to go fight in the war. Right. And and that's what he does. Like he goes in a battle on a in a um, dogfight and bombs, you know, this this thing. But because it's in space, because the Empire are not literally Nazis, um, you can make a war movie in the 70s right after Vietnam when people were uh, pretty burned out on the concept of war. Yeah. Uh, because it's abstracted. And all of that to say, I went way long on that explanation. Mm-hmm. I think I think having this in French, I mean, the characters are were the the real people were french so are french as, again as far as i know still <laughs> living um in a way that's a sort of thing that for me sometimes can make the emotions of the story more relatable because just like i was saying with the war thing if you make a war story about world war 2 or about vietnam or about world war 1 like any actual story then you get distracted by the details you're like is this accurate how are they portraying this and this side and this was a little more complicated than that then then this is you know you have all this stuff in your head uh that can again distract you from the film um in the same way that i can find um more emotional resonance in an anime that has animated characters speaking Japanese because I'm not getting distracted by um, English idioms or actual actors that maybe don't fit what I think their relationships should be. So again, I get distracted. Um, And so I think that helped maybe a little bit with the, with the emotional, um, uh, resonance, which is a, a word people use a lot that kind of annoys me. But um, anyway, well, the, the, yeah, I, the, I went off on a tangent there, but it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's very simple. It's, it's very well acted, well done. It doesn't go too far in any direction to lose mm-hmm. the center of it, of it. And the actors mm-hmm. keep it that way. Um, th- this is, this is a, an interesting one. I, from, from a standpoint of final judgments here, I, I yep. lo- I liked it. Final judgment is I like this movie. It was great. It's a good movie. I enjoyed watching it. it. It's it's one that someone says, "Hey, have you seen this?" Something I'm watching. It? You're like, "Yeah, you should watch it. It's definitely worth your time." But would it go in my top 100? You got to watch before you die movies. Uh, probably not. Not not because it's not great. It's just I don't I don't know where it would sit in movies. It's not like this is a movie you have to watch before you pass on or to to uh, complete your cinematic journey in life is this mm. is one of those. It's a fine movie. I would watch it if we we're all sitting around the house and like, this is on, let's watch it. We, I would watch it, but I don't know if I'd be, I would go tell all my friends, you need to go watch this movie. You'll be better off because of it. Mm. You, you know, I'm, it feels like it's a put down, but I don't, I don't mean it that way. 
I see um, what you're saying. It's it's a little bit, and it's funny because we've had conversations recently where I I think a movie belongs on the list because of its significance, right mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. in the world of in the world of film. This yeah. one is more like um, it's more like a Shawshank Redemption, sure. Where there's nothing there's nothing unique or brilliant about the filmmaking of of the Shawshank Redemption, right? There's no like a bunch of other things that it inspired as far as I know. Anyway, um, there were, you know, there were prison break movies before that spoilers, I guess. Sure. True. Um, and, and so this like, you know, emotionally significant true story films have been made. You know, I mentioned Sully in the spoilers, in the spoiler section. I mentioned Sully, I mentioned Hidden Figures, uh, mm-hmm. Hacksaw Ridge, um, right? You know, very moving films based on based right. on real people and, and I, true I can see that. You know, and I, um, and I like that you said Hidden Figures. I think I think that one might be in my hundred. And if I compare it to what you're just saying here, you, you're right. It wouldn't have. I mean, besides being historical type thing, it, right. it, it wouldn't have. Any more reason to be on the list than the reason I'm kind of discounting this for being on the list, I guess. Because yeah, this and is an and of course, piece. I mean, you do have the the issue of a list like this being a moving target, right? Like yeah, exactly. new movies. I mean, and I, mean, I think at least Hidden Figures and Hacksaw Ridge and probably also Sully have all come out later than the latest movie on our poster, which is sort of my. Uh, litmus test for when the poster was made is somewhere around like 2015 um, sure. so yeah they're gonna be they're gonna be new things and like i don't see something ever pushing uh shawshank redemption off that off this list just right. you know as my sort of but um it falls a little more into the uh this is a really good a really good movie to just experience and enjoy like it's not a thing that's going to really, you know, teach you anything or any of that. But if you don't mind reading subtitles, which I know is a deal breaker for a lot of people, you can watch Mm -hmm. the, um, from, from all accounts, far inferior uh, American remake of this movie called The Upside. The Upside, right. Kevin Hart Uh, and Brian Cranston. And Brian Cranston. Yep. Um, If you, if you really must though, F- right. From what I've seen, the it got lesser, lesser. Well, and not only that, I mean, it's that what as we just said, the story that's being told here was done well by all fronts already. It's like yeah, so like, all actors why... were already great. All directing was great. All writing was already great. So yeah, if you have a really good, like I won't use Shawshank as an example again, but like, like. Does somebody need to remake Dirty Dancing? Well, or, I mean, or, some things can be said for like you know it's it's twenty years later and we've got technology if, now. If that time passes, right? Clear, but it, it's only been in, like nine years since, or it was eight years since. It's that thing less. Was, it's like it's yeah. like six or seven years. So it would be like, yeah. I don't know what what else came out in what what else came out like six years ago that you'd be like, oh, well, it'd we be should like remake remaking, this, remaking Iron Man because it's too old, right? Right. Right, like, you don't. Why you don't need to do that? You know? No. So 
yeah anyway i i liked it it was good i enjoyed it and if and if you are considering you know i'm thinking about this but i'm not really sure it's it's worth your time you will if it's something that's that may be a, a possibility that you want to read and watch or you or you do want to kind of have a a good uplifting kind of friendship movie you want to you're in yeah. the mood for that this this is definitely a good one for that uh uh, when and, I sit and back because down and look it's, at my, my hundred, I, I don't know if this will sit there, but it, who knows? It might. And it's I I think something else that might edge it toward being included in a list like this is because it's a French film that's not Amelie. Like I feel like everybody, if they've seen a French film, they've seen Amelie. It's the it's the spirited away of French films. Yeah. Um, it's one that would I think fly under the radar. Like I had heard of it and had had in mind to eventually watch it, but that was on a recommendation from a French person that I met in Ireland. Like that, that was kind of a unique set of circumstances that led me to that recommendation. Like otherwise I wouldn't have even probably heard about it. Right. I, I, I wonder, I you know, maybe I need to be more exposed to, to more foreign films. Uh, I say foreign films as, a, as an you know, American, self-centered as American. American. But um, maybe I, I need to be exposed to a, a lot more films made outside of the U.S. Um, to to get a better appreciation before I say something what I'm going to say is that, you know, <laughs> there's there's maybe not a lot of really great kind of historical great movies made outside of the U.S. as much as there is inside the U.S., so this list has a lot of those. So you have to think about like, oh, if if you're going to look at a French movie, made movie, there's not very many. So here's the two. And one of them is good. But, you know, I mean, when you consider seriously, like France is the size a little bit smaller than Texas. Right. It's it's just a, a small country. Or you say, say a film is made in England. You know, England's the size of, of New Jersey or something, you know. It's, <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's um, just different. That's that's actually a good opportunity to make opportunity for me to correct something from the episode we talked about Bahubali, mm-hmm. um, and I and I sort of suspected when we were talking about it that that this wasn't going to be right. But uh, India is one of those. I mean, they call it the subcontinent, right? Because it's relatively large and yeah. packed full of people. Yeah, um, right. So the how did I let me pull this up again so i make sure i'm i got the facts right um yeah we we had the same kind of a conversation before with like uh, uh foreign films is that like so we watched them we didn't what, watch a lot of bollywood yeah what people call bollywood is it's sort of a uh um what is it it's a portmanteau of mumbai which used to be called something else ba- bombay Constantinople. no <laughs> sorry no uh, it used to be called Bombay, and that's in the north where they speak Hindi. And okay. um, Bahubali is in Telugu. No, that's the that's the region. Um, it's a different language. It's not it's not Hindi, and it's in southern India. And it's called that genre or that world of filmmaking is called Tollywood. Oh, oh very so it wasn't it wasn't confusing. Bollywood. Is that what we're saying? That's the yeah. I we I called I it Bollywood a couple okay. times. It's and, and that's I why I, 
I often said Indian film because I'm like Indian film, but they have two like centers of filmmaking in the North and in the South in different languages because it's such a large country. Um, oh, well, I stand corrected for sure. That's And so I think the, the regions, I don't know if this is true everywhere, but like as far as, as far as quantity per year, like those three genre, those three regions, um, Bollywood, Tollywood, and Hollywood, um, are the like three main centers of, of like mass produced filmmaking. Oh, right. Makes Which sense. is cr- kind of crazy to think for all the movies we're cranking out in the U S um, there are places in other countries cranking out just as many. I mean, I, I don't know that's true of, um, of Japan, right? Like every, every quarter, every quarter or third, like uh semester of the year, um, there are dozens of new anime uh, series being made or new seasons of existing anime it's just the quantity coming out something i did want to talk about that we have already completed uh, is the upload series can we talk about that oh yeah definitely let's let's talk about upload and we're gonna we're probably gonna spoil it so i'm gonna hit the bell here at at the top this is a show that you brought to my attention yep like i i hadn't heard about it I, i know it's on my screen for PlayStation, she says, "Hey, these are things you should watch." And uh, and I knew I about it um, from the po- the Office Ladies podcast, which is Angela Martin and Jenna Fisher talking about The Office. They had Greg Daniels, the creator of The American Office, on an episode of their podcast, and he plugged this. And I was like, "Well, Greg Daniels made The Office and Parks and Rec, so I, I'm going to at least check out whatever this new thing he's doing is." Right. Um, this is an Amazon original. The episodes are half hour. Yep. Right. And, and there's, there's not a ton of them. No, there are like eight or something. Eight, right. Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, so, so very, it's not a big investment. It's it's I, I'll call it bingeable because I definitely uh, almost always watched two or three episodes a night when it was Easy, on. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what once we it came out. Watched one episode a day so that we didn't binge it because we liked it's, it so much. That's probably a good idea, and I usually do that. Uh, but this was so—I think I said this. We t- we talked about this this a little bit um, the show before. But the Amazon Prime app plays the next episode on like a three-second counter. It's very <laughs> so fast. fast. It's like you're on to the and next. And I'm like, well, I'm in the next episode now. I'm gonna keep going. Plus, yeah. plus it's short format, so it's easy to just start yeah. the next one. It's. I call it a dark comedy, but it's really, it's really a kind of romantic comedy. Maybe, I think it's definitely romantic comedy. Maybe yeah. dark, dark, dark romantic comedy. It's, it's very light on the dark, if dark. <laughs> there's, there's it some has, dark moments, yeah, but. it has dark moments, but overall is is more tongue in cheek. It's it's has a lot of um, the good place. Uh, yes. vibes it, it's which just as again dark good, as the, the good place, place yes. created by michael Schur, who worked with greg daniels to create the office and parks and right uh, yeah so michael so sure made if, the good place w- when we say dark comedy this same label could be given to the, the good place if you've seen that one so which we also highly recommend um yeah so yeah, this, this is a so I, you want to talk about this how do we like uh, there's so much to unpack here. I know we could probably spend, we only have like 10 minutes left here, but 
Yeah, like we could have. We talk about this. We, we could have done a segment on every episode, like we did with. Uh, we could have Game of Thrones back. We, I could have talked know, about every every episode days. here. Uh, yeah. So this is a show with the so what I've what I've started describing as uh, um, Black Mirror, any kind of dystopian sci-fi um, uh, setting, which is really what sci-fi used to be all the time. When you think about stuff like yeah. uh, 1984 and. Like, and some like of that, something but, in the future that's different that changes the whole world, change it, and changes everything, things. and it's and it's bad. Um, yeah, or and not so, bad. It's just yeah. This isn't we this isn't it as bla- this isn't bad in the way that I mean it sort of is. So okay, so what's the premise? To, we're lost in the abstractions here, but uh, this is the future. Something like 30, 40 years in the future, like yeah, the or twenty. Maybe. 2060s 2070s yeah right um uh we have passed um what people call the singularity where we have the ability to upload a person's consciousness into a computer yeah into a computer program um and so that technology is used as a form of afterlife Right. Um, they, it reminded they even me, refer to it as heaven. Right. They call it heaven. Um, it reminded me a little bit of um, that other, oh, the show. other show we watched with the uh, with the, the sleeves. The What's that called? Yeah, um, I, know. Like, I was trying to think it in my head too, and I can't even. I think it's from it's, the E or it's, something. It's not the Expanse. Uh, it's no, no, Altered that's Carbon. The, it's not the Expanse, right? The, yeah. There's yeah, the Expanse is a little more uh, um, right. Star Trek. But it there's still no, has the idea no, of a, nothing a, a metaphysical afterlife, a digital a afterlife, your consciousness. Yeah. Type thing. Cop- and and these people are uploaded to a mainframe with where you, um, live into, in a virtual world. Yeah. And you live in, you live in the matrix, except yes. instead of the matrix, it's like being in a kind of, just okay video game filled with microtransactions <laughs> microtransactions are which a big is, hilarious part running gag which is in the, this whole movie. which is the dark the comedy part of it and there's, um, a, there's a whole lot there's a whole lot in there that it's it's like we're not going to explain everything because it's just too out there to really explain like yeah. example microtransactions in the other afterlife they clearly say you can't work yet right you have to pay for things i don't understand any of it yeah and so it's just this like like if you if you think about um the elderly being a drain on the economy and on their on their families and and loved ones this is like a a never-ending form of that right never-ending form right the people in the uh the people in the digital afterlife are not allowed to work or earn money but yeah. all of the like it costs them money to be there like a like a cell phone plan they have to pay right. for you every have month to pay for it and right. so and, they're... And the version of the afterlife you live in is based on the amount of money that you're paying for so you right right and so the the protagonist is a normal average dude you know whatever like in in present day would be you know probably making 50k a year or something yeah but is dating a very wealthy um woman and so very much a paris hilton type 
person. Right. And so her her wealth gets him into the nicest afterlife that you can get, but she she has control over all the the financials. Like you can't. And, and there's there's the darkest moment in the whole series when when she threatens to delete him. Right. Right. Like right. your consciousness is now just a just a, a you know a file in a computer somewhere. <laughs> right. That that can be uh that can be deleted and yeah. because he's in the posh afterlife he has um 24/7 access to customer support and yes. that yes. that brings in the romance part of the story there is um a young woman who works in this call center who her life is kind of crappy um yeah she and, lives in the real world she's a living person Right. And and so she has to uh you know be there as his as his tech support. She you know is he is assigned to her when he gets uploaded and um so she is his first contact like introducing him to the to the world um right. kind and of they, thing. And, and they over eventually the, kind of fall for each other, but he's also yeah, over the, the there's the the conundrum that he's the, actually there because his girlfriend because of, right right in there so yeah there, there's a, there's a lot of that stuff in there so a m- majority of this show is is about him you know living in this afterlife and then mm-hmm. there's the there's a, a a large majority that's based on the the romance that's developing there and right. but then there's this whole undercurrent of there's a mystery of how he died and what he was doing in life and how it all connects so there's so much through lines in here that make it like you said, bingeable, like I'll watch the next one because there's something that connects me from episode to episode that I want to learn more about, whether it be the romance part or the what's going to happen in this kooky world part, or maybe the mystery behind us. There's so many neat little things all while you're entertained by some great acting again, some great writing. I, I really, you said it for the last movie. I'll say it for this one is that like well cast, right? The mm-hmm. it's just w- very well cast. the uh, The angel is fantastic, um, yeah. Which is the tech support you're talking about. The mm-hmm. um, I am a big fan of his digital dude bro friend that's in. in oh the, yeah, that guy. That guy He's is a riot. Kind of um, a kind of a young uh, Steve Zahn. Yeah, exactly. Type. He's just yeah. He's he's just great. Um, I've seen him in a, things. A, a kid who died when he was a kid, but he's now like 19 years old, but he's still in a kid's body. Right. Um, which is great. And then the, the, uh, the hotel like AI is great. That's, um, so you might remember that kid. He was, he played, um, David Wallace's son on the oh, office. Great. When great. they, when That's he did a... the, he did the suck it. Right, yeah, and his, right. his son was playing drums. That's that's Greg Daniels' son. Oh, okay. Well, he's he's great in this because he's yeah, just a goofy goof, goofy, um, goofy guy. Yeah, I mean the the dad, her dad, the angel's dad is Nora's dad is really good. Right, mm-hmm. he's very good. Like they have some good dialogue and scenes when he comes in and visits, uh, and then there's just so much very fun officey kind of type comedy things like. That they throw in there, the the sex suit and um, it's like some VR things, and it's definitely more comedy than the Good Place. Like the yeah. Good Place is funny, but overall, it's this 
sort of heavy, uh, like morality story, right? It is. About right. like ethics and things. The, right, yeah. the yeah, the ethics, the the good that you do outweighing whatever, and like this show does stuff where like in order to be uploaded, the his entire head gets vaporized. <laughs> right. right like that is unnecessary but hilarious his right? body just lands in a cooler and gets rolled away and it's it's funny so like i <laughs> i compare it to i compare the the concept the premise to a black mirror episode but um it's it's not it's like some you know there are some truly like horrific things happening but they're they're supposed to be funny and they are they make them yeah here's an here's another one i'll even i'll say another one that they do that they're they're visiting the the two what they call the two giggers the people who pay the minimum amount of money each month and it's it's a really kind of sad depressing dark place but then out of nowhere a guy walks in and he's got no penis and he's got no genitals and he walks in and he like empties the cereal bowl or something to make himself He's like, he's going to make clothes out of it. He doesn't. He makes himself genitals with, with the, the cardboard box. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's that kind of where you're like, like, if you think about it for a second, like there's a kid in that two gig uh, yeah. floor and he's reading Harry Potter. And uh, right. the main character is like, oh, yeah, you like the books with magic? And he's like, there's magic in Harry Potter, which is dumb. But like, right. he only has enough data to you know read the first couple pages every month which like and and that's and it's the afterlife so it's eternal you're like everything about that is horrific but it's it's just it's just one little scene and a joke and then they move on right it so there's the dark like dennis was talking about there's the dark there but but then it's it's just laced with really good comedy too so it's hard it's hard to take um the scene where we talked about where the, the girlfriend was threatening to delete him was also sandwiched between a crazy uncle and a crazy cousin talking at his own funeral and, you know, people just having a crazy funeral. Uh, well, yeah. And it's and, and that whole idea, like he, he's attending his own funeral, he's attending his own funeral on a giant screen. And uh, right. we didn't even we didn't even talk about the VR thing where Nora and his his angel, his tech support angel and his girlfriend and other people can um you know vr into the the simulation the afterlife right, simulation yeah. um right. and and interact and so he can you know he can meet nora and talk to her yeah well there's there's a stuff. whole lot to this show and and we like dennis and i'd said if you're listening we we to this this far we could spend every episode and we in hindsight we maybe we, we could have um but th- this was uh, an out of the blue surprise uh, little gift that you get to like <laughs> fi- discover if you're out there looking for a, a show to watch. You're like, I'm in the mood to watch a show and I don't know what I should watch. I think Upload is one along with The Good Place that I would recommend. It's only one season in. It's half hour shows. There's eight of them. You can watch it and enjoy every minute of it and then feel good, right? That there's you're not behind. You have to get eight seasons caught up or anything, you know? I mean, it has that same, you know, we talked about this before in the context of Stranger Things and a, and a couple other things like, you know, I mean, we 
we did that earlier where we were getting it confused with altered carbon because I was like, yeah, there are people who, people who don't want to uh, be uploaded into the thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's the thing where they have no uh, no code, whatever, the religious coding on their stack. Uh, yeah. Like, right. Well, no, wait, no, wait, that's the other show. It's like because it came out all in one chunk and I watched it. I mean, I watched it all within the first week. Um, yeah. Not all in one night, but like two, three episodes a night, and then I was done. And yeah. it makes it like you lose the details. I forgot that whole story where the kid wants a wants a post pubescent body and ends up with a female <laughs> body and does exactly what you know a seventeen so year old kid would do. A you know boy kid would do when he if he suddenly got a female body. Um, right, just ridiculous kind of funny stuff, and it gets it gets all blended together in my mind because I watched it all in such a, yeah, such it, a short span. But, uh, yeah, how, outside how about the of the line where, where he's, he's talking, she's talking to the dad and they look over at, at the old black and white lady talking with his buddy. And they're like, Oh, that's so sweet. They found each other. And they're like talking heavy sex stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That just that ridiculous concept of like the people for whom there are no color photos, of their right. of their youth they're they're just perpetually in black and white where you're like <laughs> they could they could colorize their avatar it would be so easy but it's ridiculous they don't right. right they don't because it's funny um and, so and yeah update, in the up- updates are great and you get to do those the, things the, and... the patch updates um yeah. yeah so outside of outside of spoilers this is a really funny show it's not like if you've seen the good place the good place is funny while also kind of trying to teach you something yeah. i'm not sure be what that something serious. is yeah. be a little bit serious um this is a show about the afterlife that is it's it's really straight comedy it's like the earlier seasons of the office and and, and it's more heavily romantic there's, and it's there's a and lot it's, of it and it's yeah there's there's some I mean uh, that sort of spoils a little bit, but it's 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 romantic. You, you, you can pretty pretty. Early. You can get that from the from the the you know banners, Trailers, promo and, images yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So the, so this one is like I said in the non in the spoiler section. It is worth your time. It's a good one to watch. It's a hidden little gem. If you uh, have if you have Amazon Prime, you should check it out. It's funny. Definitely. All right, man. We we got a lot packed in here this week, and we got more yeah. again next week. So we'll come back for some more Harley Quinn talking. Next in week, a couple we, weeks, in a couple weeks, yep, our I, our next movie, which uh, you didn't ask oh, me yeah, about, about, is Four Weddings and a Funeral, which oh, is okay. I've seen this. is a is a comedy, another comedy drama, uh, romance, uh, yeah, right. with Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell. I have not seen this, but this looks like one that I could watch with my family. Um, Probably, yeah. Nominated for two Oscars, yeah, yeah, nineteen ninety four. Yeah, uh, no, that is four, kind of, it's old now. Four, four weddings and a funeral. But the, All right, uh, so we'll we'll come back with that. We'll come back with Harley Quinn. I got uh, I got to test out some GE Force now, so we'll talk a little bit about that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, be back with us next week then. Cool, cool. You've been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode one hundred and forty-four. Special thanks, as always, to our friends at LRM Online and Geek Scholars Movie News. I think. They're starting back up soon. Did I hear that? I don't know. Maybe. 
If you like Star Trek or Star Trek role-playing, you can check out our other podcast. It is called Klingons and Dragons. It's at KlingonsDragons.com. It's a Star Trek Adventures role-playing podcast. We dropped a new episode last week, I guess two weeks ago by the time this airs. Uh, if you have comments or feedback and you want to reach us, you can do so via email, frontporchpod at gmail.com, or on our website, frontporchpodcast.com. There's contact forms, all that good stuff. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, Spotify, Overcast, uh, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Thanks so much, as always, for listening. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.